Welcome, 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 friends, neighbors. Thank you guys for listening in. This is South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. I'm your host. I'm super pumped to bring you guys uh, this podcast. I, you know, there's all kinds of artists and entertainers that I come across you know, every day that uh, fa- fascinate me with with what they do, what they accomplish, have accomplished, what they you know continue to move on and accomplish. And I wanted to dig into some of those stories. And um, you know, I don't have an objective with this podcast other than, than that really it's just to unpack some things about some people that, that, you know, I'm curious about that, you know, I I think other people are curious about too, uh, and just kind of get a little bit deeper and, and dig into these folks and see, see what makes them tick and, and what makes them go and how they got to where they are and why they are who they are. And that's, uh, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. That's what, I think that's what we're trying to do here. Um, today's podcast uh, is fortunate enough to have Mr. Matt Honkinen uh, squeezed by the the studio here. I've got a studio in my shop, uh, disconnected from my house, um, little wood shop out uh, in the back, and I've uh, set up a little studio space in here, and um, Matt Honkinen has been gracious enough to come by and uh and chat with me and and Matt is a super interesting dude and he is doing some really cool stuff some really meaningful stuff um Matt has Matt's a producer and a composer um is probably is you know kind of how we put it I think um in in our interview that's coming up and um you know Matt did the thing that so many people are scared to do, which is you know, give, give yourself permission to quit your day job and go do your passion for a living. And I've watched Matt. It, the trajectory is crazy. The guy's going straight up. It's, it's nuts. And, and, and it's exciting to see. Um, and, and he's also just a super gracious and kind man. And, and so nice, super talented, super creative, we got to dig into his backstory a little bit. We got to uh, talk about upcoming projects that, that he's got going on and really just, you know, get in there and, and, and chat about, you know, hopefully some, some, some intimate things and, and things that you, know, you don't just open up to everybody about. And you know, I really enjoyed my chat with him. We covered some awesome stuff, um, some great topics, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is, Matt Honkinen. Get into it right now. Let's do it. Okay, I'm ready. Ask me anything, Matt Honkinen. <laughs> hey Ben. Hey. I've, I guess I've known about you uh, for a couple years, and it's um, I don't know. I kept getting more and more familiar with you and with your work and everything you're doing, and I just kind of watch you on this like upward trajectory, which is really cool. And you're doing, you got your hands in a lot of different stuff, and. You know, from the producing, the composing. I mean, we work together mm-hmm. on a pretty regular you know, basis with our different sides of of the world. But like, what what are you doing right now? What's oh, what, what are you doing? What were you doing tonight? What you know? I just finished a recording session with Nancy Ann Wilson, who is a young singer songwriter. It's her first album she's putting together, and she reached out to me and said, "Hey." I hear you're a producer and a lot of people have said good things about you. Uh, let's make some music. So I said, cool, let's make some music. Have you heard her <laughs> stuff before? Not until she reached out to me. No. Um, she doesn't have a lot of stuff. She's been playing out. She played at rhythm and blooms last year. Cool. And we played as well. And, uh, she found me through Chris Hill who played bass with the guys in game night. Mm-hmm. I know those guys way back in the day. Josh man. I know Josh. Yeah. Yeah. I see him at the cigar store. Josh was awesome. Yeah, he's I love, awesome. love yeah. that kid. Yeah. Um, so uh, some person talked to some person, talked to some person who mentioned me. And cool. she reached out to me. And we've been, we're in the final, maybe two more sessions away from being done. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. L- LP? Is that a? I guess it's an EP. EP. It's four or four tracks. Cool. But yeah, I'm doing that today. And then we had a meeting earlier today for KTVA, what yeah. we're working on together. Yeah. And um, 
It's a little bit of everything, man. It's like a pie with a thousand slices. And, like, you, and you do, you've got a lot of different tools. I yeah. think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, you're a musician. Mm-hmm. Is that first and foremost, you think you're, you know, that's like where it all kind of absolutely started yeah. and then into the kind of producing and having your hand in, in all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nancy w- Wilson, Nancy Ann Wilson, Nancy Ann Wilson. Yeah. How, how does it sound? I think it sounds great. Yeah. She's a great songwriter. Yeah. Awesome voice. A little bit Southern, not too Southern, but she can belt it. Just enough to, yeah. It's cool. Give you the feels. Yeah. Uh, You have a studio, right? I do. Yeah. Is that where you guys have been working? This time we have been. I don't, I don't use my studio for larger stuff. Like if it's a band of four, a band of five people, we live in an awesome area for, Scott Miner's place, yep. John Baker's place, John and Mary's place. There's a million great studios here. Um, and a lot of times I'll rent those if I need cool. a larger Bigger, space. Yeah, full band yeah. kind of stuff. Well, what about like the stuff you do with Will? Peace yeah. Physique, right? Yeah, I mean, Peak that, Physique. That was awesome. I've had some really good times at Peaks, some of your shows. Peak's a hell of a band, man. We're tailor-made for audience approval. Like everything we do, we think, could this have more fog? Could there be more flashing lights? <laughs> Could the sub be deeper? Could our voices be more auto-tuned? Yeah. It's a blast. Will's great. Will's one of the most fun people to create with because he not only will say yes to your stupid idea, but he will plus it. Yeah. Be like, well, if we're going to do that, why don't we... If we're going to have the audience sing along, they might as well sing... I want you and I don't give a fuck who knows. Right. Yeah. That's what they should be yep. screaming back at us. Yep. So that that's yeah. Working with Will is helps kind of like reignite your, the reason you got into music, right? Like you want to have a good time. You want to be creative. Nothing is off limits. And that's, I mean, there's a lot of people like him, but no one quite like him. Right. I think, um, one of my, one of my favorite shows that I, that I've seen peak physique show, um, was probably three years ago, Rhythm and Blooms at uh, it was like a Sunday noon show at uh, the Jig and Reel. Jig and Reel, and it was like, I mean, you, you guys were like, uh, we're we're kind of made for two in the morning, <laughs> no, you know, enjoy your orange juice and you know and all that. This is I don't remember how that show came across to us either because we played a two in the morning show and then played at pilot light. And I think China was like, Hey man, we got another slot if you want it. Yeah. And I think Will was just like, yeah, we'll do it. And then it was like, by the way, it's <laughs> Sunday brunch. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, I don't know. I like seeing, you know, seeing people out, out of their element yeah. and still making their art yeah. and like seeing it perform in a different kind of space, a different it was against, a challenge. Yeah. It was a I challenge, was. man. I mean, we, we talked through, okay, we can't do 90% of what we do how do we make this unique? You know, there's a piano there. We were like, all right, we can play. I think we covered like, I'm only human of flesh and blood. I'm made. We did that. And we had a, a, a verse where Siri sang the verse. So we like <laughs> propped the phone up on the mic and had her sing a verse. <laughs> what else did we do? Benny Smith was there from WTK. Yeah, he's kind of a legend, right? Oh God. Benny's great. Yeah. Dude. Benny is, is, top tier guy i've never met him i wouldn't know him if i saw him yeah. but i've heard his name for 20 years he is, you know? he's been playing local music literally since the dawn of knoxville yeah like uh, just awesome guy and he kind of runs the studio at, at he UTK, runs 90.3 right? he does yeah. 90.3 is all him yeah. yeah has been for decades um but he i forgot my shakers and he yeah. like without even blinking was like oh man i got you and just like ran up there with an altoid box i was like here you go <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay cool so I'll play the Altoid box. You play the piano. We'll use our auto tune, and we have beats. Uh, this will work. It sounds I, great somehow. <laughs> so, like backing up, like I, I just realized, you know, after knowing you for a few years and working with you for a few years, like I don't know where you came from. Mm. I don't like where'd that start? Chattanooga. Okay, Chattanooga. Um, I grew up loving music, mm-hmm. playing bluegrass, folk church music gotcha. back in Saudi Daisy and, and, um, I went to Saudi Daisy high, Okay, uh, fell in love with music right away. Okay. Probably just like you, like my dad gave me some, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and yeah. Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash and old gospel stuff and, and fell in love with music, took piano lessons from my next door neighbor for five, six years. And then got accepted in the boys choir in Chattanooga. Okay. How old like, are you then? Oh man. Young, young. I think they take like 10? you. 
Maybe even younger than that. Really? Yeah, it was it was young. My mom took me to an audition, and the audition was literally like, play a C on a piano. Can you sing that note? Okay, good. You're in. You're, in. <laughs> You're a boy who can sing. Be in the boys' choir. But that taught me like how to play in a group, how yeah. to listen. How It yeah. taught me about tempo. It taught mm-hmm. me about singing, obviously. Yeah. Um, that was my first real music gig. Gotcha. So... Uh, both parents grew up, brothers, mm-hmm. sisters, all that. Two brothers, cool. younger brothers. Two younger. You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Birth can't, order's can't kind of a tell? weird thing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I'm an older brother too. I was Are you really? With, yeah, yeah. Ah. And I was hanging out with my younger brother tonight. It's funny. You can just identify like some birth order. If stuff. you see people together that are yeah. related, you're like you're the oldest. Yeah, you can tell exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, and even like the only child thing yes. too. You can you know. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and all that. That's. That's cool. So, so oldest of oldest of three, you mm-hmm. get into the, the boys' choir at eight, nine, ten years old. Let's call whatever. it. Let's call it eight. Sure. And then it's just like, all right, this is this is what I'm doing. Or when did you like? When at, at what point did you say, you know, I really want to be a musician? I think a lot of young boys who are into music have probably said that. Everybody. Has. And there's not a lot of them who right. are sitting in your spot right now who have actually done that. For me, it was always you can't do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that like my parents were mean to me about it. No. They wanted me to make a living. Right. My dad, it was always music is a hobby. Yeah. Music should be a hobby. Yep. Right. Like I want to be a director. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like in the back of my mind, if you tell me that, I'm never going to forget that. I'm going to immediately do everything (laughs) I can because I know how I feel. Right. Yeah. Like Dolly Parton always says, like, if you don't let me be who I want to be, I'm going to find a way to do it anyway. Right. Like that's, you got to nurture the thing you know you're going to want to do. Sure. And I knew it from a very young age. Yeah. Like listening to Tom Petty. I remember getting on an airplane with my dad. Tom Petty's Wildflowers was the first CD I ever bought. CDs had just kind of come into their own. Like yeah. the Walkman was decent. I bought a Walkman. I bought Brian Adams, So Far So Good. And I bought Tom Petty's Wildflowers. Right when that song started, I was like, I want to do this forever. Really? I want to do this forever. Like, I don't know what this is, but I want to feel this way. If that's, a, if there's a way I can make a living doing this, I want to do it. Yeah. So you kind of overcame it and you, I mean, I, I get it. Your parents didn't try to discourage you from following your passion. They just wanted the best for you, which is, you know what? 99% of people who try to do music for a living are really good waiters. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the way it is, yeah. you know, go to Nashville. Yep. It's like, there's some really fantastic talent and and it's just it's so hard to make to make money and it's 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 kind of unequal too like or unequal the you know the guys at the top the pie you yeah. know the music industry pie the one percent yeah are, are making most of the most of the money and it's all good it just doesn't you know leave a lot for for the for the upstart you kind of have it feels like you kind of got to catch a break or you kind of got to make your way which is i think kind of how you did it from what i from what i know it is and for me i think the advice that i would give a younger version of me is the thing that you want the most is the thing that people can't stop you from doing right yeah like you can't tell me not to play music i'm going to find a way to do it right like that's the person i am that's who i am that's what i care about i wish i had paid attention to that younger and gone like, all right, if that's how you feel, then find a path that lends itself to a living, right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you can be a touring musician. You can play in a symphony. You can run a studio. You can do all the – there's a million different avenues for art. And entertainment is a gigantic industry. It's true. It's gigantic. Video, audio is always going to be needed. More and more every day. And I know that now. But I didn't know that in college. Right. You know, I was chasing the record deal yeah. in college. I was yeah. touring, which I'm glad I did. Yeah. I mean, I did a ton of touring and a ton of music, a ton of bands searching for a record deal. Gotcha. And I spent a lot of time doing that and, you know, made 10000 a year. Yeah. Played 100 shows a year mm-hmm. and never saw my family, you yeah. know, was constantly on the road, was constantly beating my head against a show with five people yeah. and trying to eke out a living yeah and i got tired of that so then you you kind of did i think it's very similar to what to what i did because i i started 
I, acting was my thing. Like I wanted to be on stage. I didn't stage. know that, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why That's why I moved to L.A. when I was 19. Wow. I dropped out of UT and I, and I moved to L.A. But it's it's kind of a similar trajectory. I, I went out there to act. Yeah. And learn about acting and just, you know, that same thing. Like, just, you know, just find me. Yeah. I'm here. I'm great. Yeah. Right? Where's <laughs> like, my contract? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody hand me something. <laughs> and and then I got my first production assistant gig uh, working on an, a TV show for Oxygen Network. And I had to eat. I was working at Subway. Yeah. And uh, – and, and, uh, making sandwiches for a living and somebody offered me a PA gig. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Like maybe they'll find me and think I'm great and I'll be an actor from, you know, yeah. from this. And, and then when I, when I did the first PA gig, I was like, wait, these guys work all the time. Yeah. And, and, a- and they still get to like make the shows and make the things. And I kind of got the bug at that point. And then, so I've kind of backed into the industry that I wanted to be in, sure. but on the other side yeah. of the camera aiming for a different goal aiming yeah, yeah aiming aiming for a different goal and and then rounded out those skills and you know yeah. forgot about acting I'll you know who knows maybe it's my long con maybe it, but it's interesting though because like what what about acting is being like what itch is being scratched by doing what you do now you know what i mean like it sounds like you found it pretty quickly i always loved to perform yeah um and i think that's why i like the the set you yeah. know, I like I like the set. Everybody's doing their job. Everybody's everybody's kind of performing. Yeah. You know, especially in the in the positions that we're in. You know, you're 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 it's for me, it's it's performance art. You're you're dealing with all kinds of different uh, personalities and and people and you're telling a story, but you're just telling it to a camera instead yeah. of, you know, and using other people to do it. Right. You know, and it, it, so I, to say that it, it scratches that same itch, I think, is pretty close um but but it is it is a little bit it's it's a little bit different yeah um for me but um i do i i, I just sitting here hearing your story i was like well that's you you kind of have you kind of did it by doing the engineering stuff right yeah. i mean that's yeah. you know recording getting into trying to do every single part of the of the industry not just going to chase the record deal so you know, doing- i i kind of backed into it by i had a band called llama train Okay. And we recorded our first record with Don Coffey of Super Drag okay. at Independent Recorders yeah. and Fourth and Gill. And I remember walking into the studio for the first time I'd ever been in a studio. I was a, a drummer in that band. And just hearing, like, okay, here's what we need to get ready. Here's how we're going to mic the drums. Here's how we're going to do the guitars. Like, do you all know your songs? Do you need a click track? Every little detail. And I was, I was just soaking it up. Like, I had never been in a studio before. I'd been playing shows forever. Don was the first person to ever sit down with us and be like, hey, bass player, drummer, you guys are not playing together. Like, you need to be married. The low-end information, the kick drum and the bass need to play a similar rhythm. Otherwise, you're fighting each other. It's going to sound stupid on the recording. And hearing him talk and kind of guide us into the art of recording and the art of crafting a song... I fell in love with it immediately. The whole process. I slept in the fucking studio. He said, y'all have house. You, you all live in town, right? We were like, yeah, we live right up the street. He's like, cool. Cause I have a, there's a room here. Y'all like bands when they come out of town can sleep yeah. in the studio. And I just raised my hand. He's like, yeah. I was like, can we stay here? He's like, if you want, sure, I guess. <laughs> so you got the complete immersion. We you just li- wanted, we to- literally just, I convinced the whole band to stay. We stayed the whole <laughs> week. We rented it for a week and we stayed the whole week. And I would never have left. Like, I didn't, it's not that I didn't care about playing live. It's that I found, like, the creative process of being in the studio way more enticing. Like, building a song was was the thing I wanted to do. So it's crafting something more than it is performing, I guess, right? And and you can craft on stage, too. Like, Peak is, Peak is equally as fun for me to be on stage and crafting this idea of, like, the perfect show or whatever. But for me, if I can be in a studio every day, like I'm a pig and shit. Yeah. Like it's it's and there's not like a genre that I want to do. There's not a a thing that's off limits. Like I like a challenge. I like like we're gonna do hip hop today and then tomorrow we're doing an orchestra. Like, cool. Bring it on. That's like, Will saying yes again, right? <laughs> exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. So um did you could did you go to school at uh 
At UT, mm-hmm. University of Tennessee? That's how I you went to up? school as an English major first okay. because I got good grades in English, and I didn't think I was going to get a degree in music. And then halfway through, I had a, a crisis. I was like, I have to get in the music program. I have to. Tried out for jazz drumming and got accepted, and then I got a minor in jazz. So English major, minor in jazz, which taught me my instrument. Sure. What like, was what was your drum set? The drum set. Oh, dude. Oh, I love drums. Who drums. are some of your favorite drummers? Right now, Nate Smith. You Who's know that? Nate Smith? Uh-uh. You know Wolfpack? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he plays with them a lot. Don't they all play different instruments, mm-hmm. like each other's instruments yeah. and stuff? And they do a bunch of the crowd melodies and all that kind of yep. stuff. That's super cool. Yep. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's a little, it borderlines on cheesy for me sometimes. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I think they're cool with that. They're, they're <laughs> amazing at what they do. Yeah. And yeah, it's cheesy. It yeah. is. But it's it's cool. I mean, yep. and that's taking it a step further, right? That's using your you know uh-huh. ticket ticket buyers. Yep, one hundred percent. Anderson Pack, dude, that guy's nasty. Anderson Pack is a beast of a drummer, yeah. and I like him because I was always a drummer who sang. Mm. Like that was my thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I'm drumming, I need to know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be thinking about the song. I'm thinking about all the other parts in the band. And so watching him, the first time I saw him play, I was like, Ugh. Like, dude, the tiny dude, desk. It's nuts. It's nuts. That guy is a metronome on the drums. Is he? Like, Questlove yeah. level, level. Just uh, impeccable rhythm, impeccable drumming. Oh, also, I can sing like James Brown. He is an amazing and I can rap, singer. And I can write. And I can compose. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that kind of guy is my idol. Like, because that's the way I think of things. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting guy. He's had a life, man. Dude. That dude. And he's not, I mean, he's youngish. He's yeah. just yeah, early 30s, you know, and he's just, he's killed it the last he's few years. He's killed it, man. Yeah. He's, a, he's like continuing to evolve, too. Just like push the push the envelope. He reminds me of Prince. Yeah. In, in his freedom. Definitely. In his like, this is a rap album. This is super soul. This mm-hmm. is like, every, from track to track on his records, it's just like, he just goes where his nose takes him, you know? And it's usually a good place it's, with him. Yeah. Do you know uh, Stanton Moore? Yes. God, Love that guy. Galactic is nuts. Yeah. I heard they bought Tipitinas. Did you hear that? What? <laughs> yeah, like a year ago or like a year and a half ago? No. Yeah. The, the band purchased Tipitinas and uh, they just play there whenever they want and it still operates. Have you, have you ever been there? No. I've heard it's crazy. I mean, I, I know a lot of stories about it. Yeah. I think it's there. pretty pretty storied and epic in the yeah. New Orleans thing. But Dude, Stanton is a beast. He's awesome. He's a beast. I, yeah. He does some stuff that I, I started, I, I played drums when I was growing up. Did you really? Yeah. I, Who was your guy? I, I don't know. I listened to like. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. And That's Bush. how I learned. That's how I yeah. learned. 16 <laughs> Stone, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You play a machine head right now. Play yeah, it. I, could, I, could do it. I definitely could. But that was my stuff. That was before I was really into music. Pop was, Same. I mean, the radio was a way to get your music yeah. then. And so that's the, you know, that's the kind of stuff I knew. And Taylor Hawkins. Dave Grohl, yeah, like I all that. All, I was all about yeah. that stuff. My, uh, my Chili Peppers, no, those I love them. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. I, how can you not? That was the first show I ever went to. Really, Mine Chili was... Peppers, and maybe not the first show I ever went to. The first show I went to by myself gotcha. was Foo Fighters, Chili Peppers, and Muse was the opener. Ooh, <laughs> like a had young, they been around that like long? Like a young Muse, and they got booed. Mm. They got booed. That's how you know you're gonna make it. <laughs> Uh, my first show was Dave Matthews Band oh. in 1994 at um, at the World's Fair Park in Knoxville. Yeah, in Knoxville, Man. they did this. They used to do, right. and I think I could be wrong. I think this was AC. I think it was Ashley Caps that did that. Um, Hot Summer Nights. This was the name of the concert series, and they did you know a handful of concerts throughout the summer at World's Fair Park, and it was awesome. Dude, that's I saw, a cool stage. Yeah, it it is. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't the amphitheater. They built a stage down on 11th. Um, uh, that okay. backed up to like where the waterfall is now. Yeah. Yeah. And man, they had, you know, 15, 20,000 person concerts over there. And it was sweet. That's Steve awesome. Miller band. Uh, I saw government mule there. Dude. And I was like, uh, how old would I be? I was 10 years old, you know, or, you know, however, <laughs> however old. It Chattanooga was. wasn't doing anything like that. Chattanooga is an awesome town and I've always loved Chattanooga. It is now. Yeah. I'm not trying to disparage, but mm-hmm. like growing up there as a musician, I didn't have anything, man. We had a Tivoli. 
Tivoli's beautiful. I feel like that's an underutilized room, is Man, it? It's that's awesome. I, yeah, it's I've awesome. never been there, and I and I've I, you just walk by and you see the blade, and you're like the Tivoli. Yeah. That, that place looks badass. It's a it's a smaller Tennessee theater. Is it? I mean, it's gorgeous inside. Mm-hmm. I used to do Chattanooga Boys Choir played there all the time. Really? I just we didn't we didn't have any like Prez Pub or Scruffy or yeah. Mill and Mine, and they do now. But yeah. growing up there, when I was impressionable, I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a place to go see good music. There were bluegrass festivals. That's where yeah. I saw amazing stuff. Yeah. You know? Riverbend? How long has that been around? Riverbend was awesome. Yeah. I, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> but Riverbend was more of like a like a state fair vibe yeah. back then. It's yeah. cooler now. Funnel it's been kind of rebranded and, uh, and like they have they have more of a condensed vision now. But it was like 12 days, dude. Riverbend, was it really? Riverbend literally was two weeks long. And they would I shut that. that main road that, that bordered the river. Mm-hmm. They would yeah. shut it down for two weeks. And you'd get 90% garbage bands. Yeah. And then you'd get like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Or like something <laughs> random would be amazing there. Yeah, but. They'd have one. They'd spend all their money on one good headliner and fill out the undercard with yes. whoever would do yes. it for free. Yes. <laughs> and they did it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. They did it for a long time. Yeah. I had a lot of good times at Riverbend. But yeah, not a lot of great music. Yeah. I, you know, the thing about Chattanooga, I remember going there when I was in, when I was in high school and when you, you would have been there around that time too, probably. And I remember walking around just thinking like, man, this place is so nice and clean yeah. and like, yeah. wait a second. Is that both sides of the waterfront they've developed? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I blame it on, we didn't have football to fall back on. Right. Like, so you had to, you had to, tourism yeah. was the thing. Necessity like, is the mother of invention. We have the aquarium. <laughs> And we have the waterfront, yeah, and that's and moon pies, yeah, which has gone through a renaissance. Do you know about that yeah. whole deal? Yeah, and like the social media stuff and the stuff that Tombers did, and mm-hmm. that dude that did their social media account, and just like their sales went up like thirty percent a yeah. year after plateauing for you know a hundred years. Those those numbers are totally right, by the way. <laughs> Check, it. <laughs> Check them right now. Yeah, but but that's that's pretty cool, and that's a look, you know, local ish company. Yeah, so. yeah. RC Colon and Moon Pie. <laughs> I've had several. <laughs> Hometown Pred. So UT majored in jazz, and then when did uh, minored, when did the minored in? Oh, jazz. sorry, majored in in English and minored in jazz. I majored in. This is the most useless degree ever. A major in English literature mm-hmm. and a minor in jazz drumming. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, like, I meet a lot of people who don't do English, yeah. <laughs> who don't teach English I mean, for a living. What do you do with it? Yeah, you teach. I think your vocabulary is awesome. Thanks. You know, uh, just because of that and being able to understand the language and put words together and you know it speak. Ha- it is, helps with songwriting. I'm sure it does yeah. a lot. So I don't think it's it's that it's you know that that weird of a of a marriage. It's, it seems kind of well rounded for a musician. Actually, <laughs> to me, it does. <laughs> When was your first paying gig? As a musician? Yeah. That's really tough, man. Llama Train, I guess. First band. We played at Java in the Old City. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I loved when they had shows there. It's like a library, man. That place was cool. Super cool. Java was our first show. We got maybe $60, I think, Mm -hmm. 50 or 60 bucks. And then our immediate goal became saving up to record. Really? Like we were like, we need two grand. Mm-hmm. Let's play as many shows as we can to make that money. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the beginning of it. How did Llama Train, um, what was that um, life cycle like of, the, of that band? Where, where did that end up? Are you we're still, still, still playing? We we will play when we're in town together. Okay. We, Everybody kind of went their own yeah, separate ways. There's, one of us is in D.C., two of us are in Nashville, and I'm here. Um, we, we play when we get together. And we've played... Cool. Two years ago, we played a show, Scruffy City. We still have fans. That's so cool. You know how it is. Yeah. Did you guys meet in college? We met freshman year of college. Cool. In Up the, in cor- the dorms. In the courtyard, yeah. a presidential courtyard, yeah. man. You were That's in a- Reese and they were in Carrick. I was in Reese. What, or, what, I was in Reese. I was too. How did you know that? I, I just assumed we stayed, lived in the same dorm. I was in <laughs> I was in Reese. Uh, Dave was in Hess. Okay. Scott was maybe, and he was in one of the Carricks maybe, and we met in the courtyard just playing guitar and we're like, Hey, yeah, they had, they had a band called the moonlight seller band. Cool. From Cookville. And then we got together 
we met our fourth member a couple of years after that, JP. Um, he was from Memphis. And just we played Prez Pub like it was going out of style. That was our home base. We played it all the time. And we Friday nights, Saturday nights there, World Grotto, we played all the time. <sighs> the Grotto. And we had a hell of a following, and we played all the time. I remember hearing about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great run. I remember mean, Jesco? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm going to have Oslo in here. You, you should. Know? Yeah. Dude, he, Oslo's a great friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I've got lunch with him next. Tell him to bring Tuesday. his blue saxophone when he comes Does in. Does he still have his blue saxophone? <laughs> I don't know if he still has it. <laughs> Me and Oslo went to Bonnaroo together one year. Did it you? It was so great. He, had, he was going with a bunch of his buddies on a, on a bachelor party. Nice. And uh, I had the, the Volkswagen bus. Have you seen our Volkswagen? Um, I think I have. It's a Eurovan with the pop top and all that. Oh, nice. And I was talking to Oslo about it. I was like, man, it's a great great way to go to Bonnaroo. He's like, well, I've got an extra spot if you bring your van. And we, uh, nice. And we, and we double it. So we... We knew each other from Union Jacks. Yeah. Um, we just, you know, I'd seen him around. How did, how did we not years and know years. each other back then? I don't then. know. We know a lot of the same no people. No idea. That's what was so cool about when we met is it was like, you know. Oh, yeah. It, just, it, a, mm. a lot of the back work was already done. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> we already vetted each other. Yeah, exactly. We were, <laughs> we were extremely vetted. So Llama Train happens and you guys get a bit of a following huge, together. Huge local following. We didn't awesome. do any touring or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but consistently well-paying gigs well-attended gigs yeah scott west was our like biggest fan like anytime yeah. we wanted to show whatever you guys need whatever you want um that's awesome and we worked our asses off like yeah. we, we built a following we learned how to write songs we learned how to record everything from a skill standpoint everything that i have now i owe to that band really like learning how to play in a group Learning how to record, learning how to craft songs, learning how to improvise—all of that happened with that band. So it was a—it was a crash course, totally. And I mean, even totally. the business side too, probably a little hundred percent. Merch, yeah. how to sell CDs, yeah. like how to how to properly negotiate a door deal, like all of those things happen with that band. Um, and that's knowledge that you don't learn they didn't teach that at the jazz program Mm -mm. you know yeah i say that i learned about 10 percent of what i know at film school you know and the other 90 percent i learned after i hit the street and started working but had i not had that 10 percent i never would have been in a position to discover the the other 90 that's true i'm a big uh on the job training dude it's the truth (laughs) you put you put the right person with zero real knowledge in the right position they'll they'll thrive i think 100 percent yeah let them fail a couple times, watch how they act, watch how they pay attention, and let them thrive. Yeah. Being hungry is a big part of it, too. I mean, pe- people can sniff that out, yeah. and you know, being, knowing that you really want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I see it all the time with guys who want to come work for us, and it's like, I, you know, I can tell you after a, after a day on set, you know, you know, is this – it, it, or do you really want to do this right. or you know, right. do you like the idea day trying to impress a girl <laughs> day four of a 6am call time? Yeah, exactly. Like, are you still, Oh, you're still you 15 still minutes early thing? every day. Yeah. yeah. I think this is going to work out just yep. fine. Did you go straight from, uh, from llama train to wow, what were you in after that? That, oh, that I know, that I know you've, you've been in Tim Lee three. What's that? Tim Lee three. Okay. Let's, let's just name them. Put, uh, Tim Lee is that a is that a dude? You don't know Tim? No. Oh man. All right. Tim Lee. Tim and Susan Lee okay. are mainstays in Knoxville. Okay. Like they've been doing it their entire lives. Okay. They're from Mississippi and they are righteous guitar player, bass player. We were we had a trio together. Awesome. Um, R. B. Morris played yeah. with him a ton. Um, and then Tenderhooks was my next big. That was the closest I ever got to record deal. Yeah, doing this for a living. Yeah, um, that was the that was the big like they're going to be the next big thing. That that kind of band. So what about Su- Super Drag? You were so Super Drag. I'm a huge Super Drag fan, but Don Coffee, the drummer from Super Drag, ran um, independent recording studios okay. after Super Drag had broken up. The first song I learned how to play on the guitar was Who's Yeah? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, learned my power chords and, and and there I went. I listened to Head Trip in Every Key for six months straight. I love that band. Yeah, they're fantastic. And I was flabbergasted that they were in Knoxville because I had I came to them by somebody suggesting them to me, and I had no idea where they were from. I thought they were like a California band or yeah. something. And then when we were looking for recording studios, it was like, oh, this guy Don Coffee. I started looking him up, and I was like, "What the fuck? He's in super. He's in super drag. We have to record here." <laughs> um, Man, it's it's amazing. Like, 
I don't know. Part of me, I'm so super proud of the music scene that we have here. Incredible. It is amazing. And then part of me is like, why don't we have more super drags and grand grand Torinos who are out there? And you look at, you know, uh, for instance, uh, uh, what's mandolin orange that that Clint plays with. Right. You know, they're from, you know, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, right? Like somewhere in North Carolina. Yeah. And it's like, wait, they get a mandolin orange. (laughs) We, we need a big, you know, we need a big, uh, another big big band to come out of here and it doesn't it, you know it doesn't stand to reason because i see so much good music yeah. all the time yeah. and I, there's so many talented uh musicians in this town walking around playing together play, yep. you know and there's yep. and music is such a big part of of knoxville it is. and it's it's like but we're cool with it just being kind of low-key i think it's partly that <laughs> it's it's the biz, the big business of music hasn't mm-hmm. happened here. It's happened in Nashville, and so I don't think people living here feel pressure to like fight everybody else to get theirs. Right. That happens in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like people here have a more chill vibe about it because there's not the big business of music happening here. I also think it's a numbers game. Like Nashville's a bigger city. Yeah. There's more bands. Mm-hmm. There's more focus on it, and yeah. you don't have sheer that statistics. In, will uh, <laughs> like yeah. the bands that we've had here. Like let's go down the list. Super Drag, the Royal Bangs yeah. had a fantastic run. Mm-hmm. They still play. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, there's a there's a ton of quality. Grand Torino, RB, uh, uh, RB Morris, Grand yeah. Torino. Like yeah. you can you can go down the list. Balboa was from here. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's quality is not a problem here, but the right. the number is maybe a little lower. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting too because Black Lilies. Black Lilies are big. I saw the Black Lilies at High Sierra in California. They're killing it. Yeah. I mean, I was like, what? My, my little Knoxville. The Everybody Black Fields, Lilies? also. Mm-hmm. Like, speaking of Sam yeah. and the Black Lilies, like yeah. Jill Andrews. That's where I met Sam. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we do, we, we've got these bands and we've got this kind of like, I see what you say about Nashville having the the big kind of infrastructure and the big you know all the the business is there. People but, flock there, right? But like what AZ Entertainment's done here is like it is meaningful big stuff too. Yeah. And I think Ashley has given a lot of people a, a really good place to get eyeballs Absolutely. on them too with Bonnaroo and then and then beyond all the booking that he's done for years and years and years. Did you hear the shout out to Ella Garoos at the Garth Brooks Dude, concert? Yes. <laughs> I was so yes. pumped. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. I've just heard of Ella yep. Garoos like in lore, but I guess what Ashley owned that place in the nineties. He, he opened right? it. Yeah. He opened that it was in the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've heard just, I mean, it's like, you know, he's had his hand in, he's had his hand in everything musical in Knoxville. Yeah. Tennessee theater, Ella Garoos, mm-hmm. big years, Bonnaroo, yeah. like go down the list. He keeps good programming coming through town. And it, a lot of it's during the week because they're hitting, you know, Nashville, Atlanta, Louisville, bigger markets yeah. on the weekends. And then, you know, well, let's, you know, let's make a cool 20 grand. We need Knox, a filler. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, squeeze through on a Tuesday night and pack out the Bijou and it's a great show. And absolutely. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So when did you meet Will? Because I, I, I think you two together is like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, it, there's something cool about it, man. Something. Uh, I totally agree. Thank you. Um, I met Will. So I do speaking of Ashley caps, uh, I have done the live recording for big years for the last five years. Mm-hmm. So the big years fest you've been, have, yeah. you, have you been to, any um, of no. Okay. I haven't. I've been around for it so, and I've never I've never been. It's there is not another festival like it. It I've is heard. an experimental music festival and it is international. Like people fly in from Australia to come. It's it's smaller but it's very potent. Like the 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 quality of the artists they get is nuts. Like jazz legends it's last the last four years, let me just name some people. The Dirty Projectors, Kamasi Washington, Patti Smith is headlining this year, um, Booker T. It's it's unbelievable the amount of quality international bands that they book. And it's mm-hmm. all AC's brainchild. Sure. So Lock and Key, Andy, Andy Fellew and I. Yeah, I've go, heard of him. Don't know him. <laughs> need, to, need to meet him. <laughs> go back a, a, a while. We used to work together at Knox IV and – he got hired by AC to do the very first festival. And he was like, hey, man, we need somebody to do audio. Are you interested in this? 
live recording. I was like, cool, I'll rent some Zooms and we'll figure it out. And then I immediately was like, I want to do this every year. So we've grown it for the last five years. And so one of those years I had a shortage of people to help. Like it's a lot of stages. It's seven stages. It's four days. You need a lot of people for a a thing like that. So I started reaching out and saying, look, it's not a lot of pay, but you get a pass for the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. Who do you know that that is a musician that wants to do this? And Will came across my radar. Really? And I'd known – I've known him for – a decade just personally known him or known who he for Sinryu. Like he has a band oh, called Sinryu yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've known them for a long time okay. and, and we were kind of not competitive, but you know, tender hooks and Sinryu were kind of our, you know, our band versus your band kind of thing. So I've, I've known him on a creative side for a long time. Cool. So I asked him to do it. He's like, sure, I'll do it. He was doing a little iffy at the time and he came in and we kind of, we're cordial, but we didn't really know each other. It took a few days to kind of like get friendly. And then we worked one of the shows together and started kind of chit chatting and, and hit it off, got late night beers and pizza. And just immediately we're like, dude, we need to do something together. Like we have the same sort of mentality about this. You're a polar opposite version of me. Like let's try to make some music together sometime as you do with people and you don't actually mean it like, ah, we'll get together sometime. And then we actually did like, we like to say we fucked up and we actually did hang out. (laughs) So the first time we got together, neither one of us knew what to do. We were just like, uh, what kind of music should we play? Do you want to, he brought an electric kazoo. I didn't know that was a thing. And we were just like, what do we do? Yeah. Pick up (laughs) plug. I had like a kind of working studio, but not a ton. I was like, I don't know what to do with this guy. So we left and my wife was like, how'd it go with Will? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like didn't really feel good. It felt kind of funky. I'm not sure. But we were both kind of determined to try again. We were like, dude, let's just like, let's try again. And then we got together and we immediately recorded, um, use this body, which was on one of our earlier peak albums. And it was like, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. This is our, this is our style. This this is is how, yeah, this, this this is where we both, he had just, this is the Venn diagram. He had just, and (laughs) he had just come off of little iffy, which was like hardcore ghetto hip hop. And he'd been doing it for six years and he was so tired and just kind of jaded about it. I had just come off of a bunch of rock and roll touring and I was really burnt out on it. So I wanted to do something electronic he wanted to do something a little less hip hop, but yeah. still electronic. And we just kind of met in the middle and yeah, dude, we've recorded, I mean, hundreds of songs, hundreds of songs rapidly together. Like it's, it's a rare combination of like, we get stuff done. You quick. can tell there's a synergy there. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know, Will, I think I may have talked to him a couple times, yeah. but you guys seem like a real yin and yang too, you know, like two very different personalities. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like if, if he's going to do blue, I'm going to do red Yeah, and it works. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're on board with. I mean, he's come back and done some iffy shows, right? Tons. And then now he's, you're. He's pulled me in on the yeah. And now the you're. Iffy in, I got to tell you, man. Soft spot in my heart for little iffy. Oh, dude. It is Preach. some. It is some Preach. of the best stuff I've ever gotten to experience live. The thing about iffy, the thing about iffy is it's funny, mm-hmm. it's relevant. And then when you, if you're a musician and you're like, ah, fuck that, that's stupid. Yeah. When you pay attention, you're like, oh, okay. It's actually, it's actually good. It's actually good too. Yeah. It's not just funny. It's not just a gimmick. Yeah. There's a musician underneath it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the same as peak. Like we are trying to be accessible to anybody, but we also like, if you give a shit, there's a lot of layers there. So, and that's, that's what I like about working with him. You can't, we don't, we're not okay with just like, ah, flashing lights and fog machine. You can make a dumb beat over that. We care a lot more than just here dance. Like we want it to be interesting. We want, we want people to dig a little bit deeper. I can tell you guys are having a lot of fun with it. It's fun. Fog machines are fun. (laughs) Flashing lights are fun. So, um, pitch wire. Mm. I got to know about pitch wire. What do you want to know? Can I tell you what I think I know about pitch wire? Yeah. Um, I think that it is a music service where you can, uh, are you building a library? We were. You were. Yes. Okay. What is it now? 
We do anything audio mm-hmm. is my elevator pitch. Okay. So that works. <laughs> we were building a library uh-huh. and our original intention was like, let's sell music like music bed. Yeah. Right. We'll yeah. make licensed music. We have tons of studio friends. We get tons of musicians that we know sure. who want to get paid. Yeah. Let's build a library. It's a very competitive field. I'm sure it is, man. With millions of dollars spent on advertising and cheap songs. And it became very apparent very quickly that that's not the route that we should go. Feels like a volume game. And and you got to have a lot of different genres. You yep. got to have a lot. And, and, you know, and how many $500, you know, licensing fees does it take to keep the lights on? And every month you have to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and yeah. cheaper because everyone's doing a yearly subscription. And it, it became a lot more work than the reward. And I started realizing that the money and the business we were getting was elsewhere. So, so while you were building this music library, the this side door was open with, <laughs> yeah. with, with a bunch of other business coming 100%. in. A hundred percent. Okay. And, and, and so you were like, well, maybe we should make this the front door. <laughs> yes. Yes. The turning point for me became my contact at discovery. I'm we're, we're we got a contract, the at discovery, television the, conglomerate, the, the, the big boys in yeah. town. And we were making exclusive music for their library. And I was talking to, they have their own library. Yeah. Oh, cool. Discovery music source. I did not know that. So, so we okay. were providing music for them. Cool. And I was talking to my contact over there about my library. Like, hey, man, you did this most of your life. you have any advice for me? He's like, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. He's like, stop right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I've spent X amount of money. He's like, I understand. There's no money there. Stop and focus on these. Focus on what you're doing for us, for as many people as you can. Is that the Arlation guys that said that? No? Okay. Because no. they're another kind of they're, music they're, library. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. A, a more successful version of what we're doing. Gotcha. Like they've been doing it for decades. What you were doing. Yes. Right. And okay. to me, that hit me in a way that I I realized pretty quickly, like, okay, our ideas were not wrong, but the field is cluttered and we're not going to compete with the millions of dollars killer tracks and and yeah and and do we want to is that the mountain we want to hike like no it's not we've got great relationships here locally like the custom stuff we do has been growing the post-production stuff we've been doing has been growing let's focus on this stuff instead and it's been paying dividends hand over fist like knoxville is a hotbed for amazing video talent amazing entertainment opportunities there's a ton of content needs here and we're fulfilling enough of them now that it's working it's it's padding you know the monthly like payment income and then we're able to kind of focus on placements for television for film for independent film stuff like that more than i was before and that's been the focus for me now is building that foundation of ongoing work with partners that i want to work with and then okay placements we got some tv placements here with discovery we got some placements over here with this film we got some things on this side over here continuing to use that almost like a stock market you know super cool just get as it's a numbers game so your your custom scoring stuff that's super cool lots of stuff yeah that's but but i but i mean that's a lot of the stuff that i've had you know, contact with touch yeah. points with is your custom scoring mm-hmm. stuff and the stuff that, you know, people are hiring you to say, give me, give, uh, give me the audio experience yeah. for this visual experience that I'm building. And you become an equal partner in that. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been going over it with a project that we're working on together now. Like you're telling half the story. Absolutely. You know, absolutely with the ear part. And I'm telling the other half with the eye part. And it's amazing <laughs> to see like today, it's amazing to see those things come together for the first time and mm-hmm. be like, Oh, I know what to do. Yep. This needs to tweak. This needs mm-hmm. to go this way. Like having the other half of the story that you've been like wondering about and then seeing it, you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> and like I said earlier too, man, it's so fun to be able to, um, to work closely with, with that part of it on, on my side. Cause sometimes it's like, here's the music bed. Yeah. You got what you got, it's but now tomorrow. you and I yeah. can push back and forth and play with each other and play off of each other. And I think that that is like a synergy that just, that, that really should breed some pretty cool stuff. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's my favorite part of the job because 
I secretly want to be a video editor because no, I love all. No, of, I mean, I've been on I've been on set with you guys. <laughs> I know how hard you work. I'll say that. Uh, you know the the editing part of video. Like I, I really like to. Um, and I hate calling it video because I started with film and I, video was always the cheap thing, you know. <laughs> like, uh, but uh, so, you know, I still approach it from that old kind of film way. Um, but the thing that I really dig about it is is the people part of it, the, yep. the being around people, yep. um, the sitting in a dark room by yourself for 10 hours a day editing something. Is hard on my it's hard. extroverted spirit. It's hard, I, and I do. I love to work on. I love to work on my my stuff, my stories that I feel like are mine. Right. You know, and and I, and I'm happy to do that. And uh, but but it's it's definitely a, a you know there's and that's awesome because there's two you know it's not just uh, it's not just people people who work in the film business. There's right. also the guy who needs to be able to say, you know, I want to sit in this room and I want to be able to take these pictures and tell my, yeah. tell my story without having to deal with anybody else telling me what to do, right. <laughs> you know, right. whatever that is. It's tough too, because those different personalities, there are people in audio that only want to focus on like the audio engineers who want to like make the drum set sound as good as it possibly can they don't give a crap about who played it they don't care about the song they only are focused on the mics they use and the kick drum sounds so good and i'm going to spend six hours on just this noise right and then there's the guy who just wants to play like the drummer who just like yeah here record it make it sound fine i don't care i want to go play a show and see fans and and interact with people and for me the thing that i love the most is the intersection of creativity and the product. Like we're going to build this thing. Here's a problem, right? We need a jingle for this thing. How do we do this? We're going to run it on this 16 things and these videographers need it. And this thing needs to happen. We need a 30 second version and a, a sub mix with no guitar and a mix with a girl singing and blah, 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 blah. I like building those things. I like the technical aspect of like, all right, cool. Here's the thing we have to get to. Here's how we're going to get there. Now let me do it. Isn't it fun to back engineer oh, problems? Dude, I love it's it. like, okay, here's, here's your problem. Get, let it. me know where you want to get. I love it. And then the <clears> art <throat> for me is my path backward from there. Yes. Is how, where, where do I, yes. <laughs> you know, all the way back to the start? Like, how do I get there? And, that's and more, then see it all through. That's more fun for me. It's the fulfilling part of it for me. It's the, it's the only reason I do yep. what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's, um, I, we should, I, I feel very grateful and very fortunate to be able to do it for a living yeah, and same. to be able to live, to not live in New York city or LA, same. you know, which is where the people who do what you and I do, it's where they all live or Atlanta I, now, you know, but it, it's super cool to not spend two hours in your car yes, every day yes. and, and still be able to scratch that creative itch and have a family and a yard and a studio in your, in your garage, above your garage with, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you know, with, yeah, I feel like we could talk for six hours about this. Like the fact that we live in a town where we can have a family with multiple kids and pursue creative endeavors to pay our bills is amazing. Really is. It's amazing. Yes. I, like I don't take that for granted. Yeah. That's a book. I mean, that's like, there's so much nuance there and, and it, it, it gives us a whole hell of a lot, man. Yeah. A whole lot. I want to ask you, do you want a beer? Let yeah. A beer. Let me grab yes. one. Yes. I'm going to grab one. I'm going to grab one. Do it, man. That's why I brought him. I can talk for six hours also. Sorry. If I get off topic, just holler at me. You and my brother are the two people I know in my life that can do that. Really? Flawlessly. And every time I do it, I just snap my lighter in half. I've been going to... Uh, uh, on these international fly fishing trips with this group of guys the last yeah, couple of years. You told me about this yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah. we went to Colombia this last year. 2019, we went to Colombia. 2018, we went to Belize. Are you filming this? Yeah. That's awesome. We're making fly fishing documentaries. Oh, it's super if you cool. need audio, man, yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll foley the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely will. We're, um, we're about to hear back from the fly fishing film tour, the F3T. They do like screenings at you know almost 200 cities in the world and they have i think 100 minutes of content and we entered our film in and that this year and 
we're a bubble team to see if we get in. We'll see. We'll That's see if we. Awesome. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if we do or not. We've been hearing back from. Them. We should know in the next little bit. But um, I you know the only time I spend with those guys and I know them like brothers now because we've slept in you know shitty little shacks and you know random countries yeah random countries <laughs> together. But they're like, do that thing where you open the beer with the lighter, <laughs> make it pop and louder. That, louder. Yeah, that person is a good person to know. I'm like, oh, we don't have a lighter. Here's a lighter. Take it. Um, so. One of the reasons I one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I'm like curious about this whole world of entertainers and yeah. artists that we have in this town. And one of the things that has really like gotten me super curious lately is the rhythm and blooms thing, man. And I'm so scared <laughs> that we're gonna lose yeah. like a, a really like I don't know, man. It seems like it's culturally important, yeah. Yeah. and you know, business <clears throat> stuff aside, I don't know about any of all that. But I, you know, I I do know that I feel like it's important. It you know, it brings us all together. I've seen some amazing music, yeah. Um, and yeah. it, I'd I'd hate to see it go away, but you know, I. You're close to the festival. You've 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 played it a, a number of times. Like it's got to hold a special place in in your heart. I too. have played it. My solo project has played it twice. Peak has played it twice. I've been a part of almost every one of them, except for the very first one. And it's airplane. Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've I've played four of them, and I have been to every one of them. And it's, I think everybody says this about their hometown festival, but like it was legitimately one of a like literally one of a kind you're speaking about it in the past tense yeah it's done i mean it doesn't seem great yeah like the news doesn't seem great about it no and and the people who are in charge of it are being silent about it yeah. so um i know very little about what happened yeah but i will say this most recent one every single person i talked to was walking on the moon so excited to be about there. the last festival just about how amazing it was yeah and you, you come off of big ears which is all international bands yeah. and it, hardly any local bands and then you get to you get to rhythm and blooms and it's you know headliners but then 70 percent of the bands there are local mm-hmm. and it's the showcase of our talent is national talent like you're seeing national talent on the stage. You're seeing, you know, God, who's been there recently? It's nuts. Tank and the Bangas. You're leaving Tyler Tank Childers and the Bangas. Tyler so Childers. Crazy. And then you're going and seeing local bands after the fact and having as good a time. Yes. Because those local bands are curated and they're put in that place because they know what they're doing. It's not just some random band that got, you know, a free pass. It's. It's local talent that's been honing their craft, and that festival is special. It's special, and I really hate hate the idea of Knoxville without it. Like I do too. And there are smarter people that can talk about what's going to happen to that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah. doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good. No, um, a bit of a bummer because I, I, everything you just said, it's it's. I can, you know, I've been every year for the last, as long as I can remember. And it's that weekend for me has always felt so special. And I leave there every night, um, with a sense of pride. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's it's like, yeah, drunk, drunk and pride. (laughs) It's it's the best kind of pride. (laughs) It's, it's the best representation of Knoxville's creative scene. Mm -hmm. And And it's not small. No, no. Tyler Childers was packed dude that's the that's packed. the that's the most full of I've, I've ever seen that place that photo and kentucky dude, came nuts. out yes to yeah. play how it's two hours away yeah. like it was nuts man have you heard about uh their tour that he and sturgill are doing oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he and sturgill are doing a tour yeah. um hitting a bunch of dates man they're playing um they're playing two nights in knoxville during the week they're playing in Asheville the weekend before i'm gonna go to i think <sighs> to all both. those shows the show I want to go to though is that Friday night at Rupp Arena oh, in dude. Lexington. <laughs> Both our, of yeah, their I'm sure it's already sold out. <laughs> I, yeah. bet you, I bet you're exactly right. Kentucky spits them out, man. Both they, those guys. Kentucky is going through a renaissance of like 
country musicians. It Chris hit, Stapleton. It Sergio hit at the right Simpson, time, dude. Uh, Tyler Childers. I've got a buddy from Kentucky, and uh, he's like, you know, all these guys have to do is sing about how shitty it is to live there. <laughs> it's the thing to do yeah. if you're a Kentucky songwriter. And it Talk about how shitty Kentucky is. Yeah. It resonates with everybody. It's like, yeah, man. I know. I grew up there, too. Harlan. Talk about Harlan. Dude, I've had an awesome time sitting yeah. down and talking to you. Have we missed anything? Oh, it, my God. I, I, we could talk <laughs> you about, lost track. We could talk about everything. I know. Um, I know. I will say I have thoroughly enjoyed working with you all mm-hmm. on the level that we've worked lately. Yeah, likewise. Just just what you said, man. Like I've always told stories with audio, and it's amazing to partner with people who have that same skill with visual. And passion, too. I think, yeah. we, I think that's where you and I have always seen eye to eye. Is like, Agreed. We're our own people. We're family men first, probably, yeah. you know. But I think, you know, we both we both are really grateful to be able to exercise our passion. That's, and I think, that, I hope, I, I hope that anybody who's out there that doesn't think they can do that yeah. for whatever reason, who's, you know, parents are telling them they can't or, or whatever, like that they engineer your way to do it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it can, it can be done and you're, you know, you're, you're proof of that for sure. Thanks man. Ditto. Dude. Thanks so much. Thanks for having I me. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. End. <laughs> So how about that? What a guy. What what a fascinating dude doing a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what he keeps bringing down the pipeline and, and letting us all in on. Um, you know, give the man a shout. Pitchwire is his is his company. He's he's doing fantastic stuff over there. And um, if you see him out playing, you know, Peak Physique and um, Honkinen uh, is his solo project. You know, go if you see those guys on the card. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Go see him. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Super uh, grateful that you guys listened in. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one real soon.